episode of the Packed with Fun podcast. I am Jordan. And I am Erin. And sorry if it might sound slightly echoey. Hopefully it does not. Today we are in an empty room, <laughs> which is pretty exciting. But yeah, welcome back. So today we're going to continue on our journey through the Walt Disney World Resort, which is a fantastic little area in Orlando, Florida that we really enjoy. But first, we have a few bits of news to get to. Most importantly, our wonderful, beautiful mother informed us we have, in fact, ridden the Barnstormer, which we... Don't remember. Clearly have no recollection of that. We were little. Yeah, and I don't remember what happened three minutes ago. But we've ridden it, just not in recent memory. Yeah. Apparently we enjoyed it. We're frauds. We lie all the time, so don't listen to a gosh darn thing we say. Also, going on the note of last episode where we talked about Magic Kingdom, I did make a mistake. How dare you? I talked about how the Sleepy Hollow really cool quick service restaurant is in Fantasyland and it is in fact in Liberty Square. Why you do us like that? Once again, we like to lie. So I just wanted to correct that. Thank you. And then we also did want to talk about this is something that feels very important to us. Unlike Disneyland, Walt Disney World has little to no churro stands throughout the park. Yes, yes. And this is literally the entire resort. Yeah. Apparently churros are a West Coast thing. Who knew that fried dough was cooler other places than other places? Who knows? But there are two that we can remember of. Yeah, two that I've been to. And one is in Frontierland in the Magic Kingdom, and the other one is in Epcot, which, spoilers, we're talking about today. Get hyped. Those are the only two places I've had churros in the whole of Walt Disney World. That is wild. Bonkers. I think their substitute is some sort of nut. It could be anything. Couldn't we clearly, you. our allegiance and loyalty lies within the churro family. But before we start talking about Walt Disney World again, because this is an unorganized mess. Welcome to our life. There are a lot of things that happened at the Disneyland Resort Yay. this past week, which is exciting. So number one, Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind is officially open at Pixar Pier. Love it. It looks super fun. Go feel your feelings as you fly in a circle around. In a whirlwind. In a whirlwind. So for those of you that don't know what it is, imagine Flix Flyers from the now closed. It's been over 300 days now. Bugs Land, you're a wonderful place that will be missed, but we're very excited for the new superhero area they're going to have. But Flix Flyers in a Bugs Land, that is emotional whirlwind. It literally is. I am they not just joking. repainted it. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's another kid ride for families to enjoy. Which I'm so glad they have. Now that Pixar Pier is completed, they have two really cute smaller children or less tame attractions for, for people and tots that want to do that. Which is really, really good to have in Disney California Adventure Park. And they just celebrated their one year anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. This past week as well. So yay, Pixar Pier. Yay. Talking about Pixar... The brand new Pixar Pals parking structure opened up at Disneyland as well. Shoot dang! Pixar on quite the run right now. I yeah. mean, they always are. But this Pixar Pals parking structure is a fantastic, fantastic way to park your car. <laughs> uh, they've implemented some new technology to make it really easy to get in and out. Also, just a, a quick tip, even if you aren't parking at the Pixar Pals parking structure, you can still use the tram. So you can go through security at Pixar Pals parking structure if you have a hotel in that area. Go through there, hop on the tram, go through security, drop you off right at downtown Disney. I said a lot of... 
fun fact, this empty room is right by the bathrooms. So get ready. It's just reiterating our words are actual garbage (laughs) and deserve to be flushed down a toilet. Thank you. The parking structure should help alleviate any parking issues that were happening. Yeah, it's awesome to have. It's going to be great. Yeah, and coming in the future, they will have a bridge walkway over the road that's right there. So if you would rather walk to Disneyland, probably in September-ish, always subject to change. That is a tentative date when that, (laughs) we're really sorry for all the noises, bridge hopefully will be done. Last, but certainly not least. No way. I am thrilled, beyond thrilled, that this is happening. Whoa. I miss this so much, and right before I started working at Getaway Today, I barely missed it. Barely. The return of this thing. So maybe you're guessing in your mind as to what this is. But pause the episode, write it down, (laughs) send us a photo. (laughs) I will tell you that the Main Street Electrical Parade... My favorite parade of all time, I think it's the best, is coming back to Disneyland for a limited time this summer, so I believe... I don't remember the exact date, so... I think it begins in August. It is. It's August through September. Mm -hmm. I know that for sure. So I think it's August 9th through, like, September 22nd. I have literally no idea. (laughs) Double check that, but it's, it's the beginning of August to the end of September. Very limited time, but we are going to be in Disneyland during that time, and I am losing my mind i'm so excited the first time anything like this has happened to us where something that someone really loves is coming back for a limited time just while we're there and aaron truly loves this parade it's the best and i'd have to agree i think it's my favorite disneyland parade which is wild because they have so many good ones yeah but this just feels nostalgic because it is. Because it, it, it's pure nostalgia. Very excited about that. So if you're going to plan a vacation, plan it during that time frame, which I will end this segment by talking about our very limited ticket sale we have going on right now. So this is to celebrate the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Tomorrow... <laughs> if you listen to this on Wednesday tomorrow, if you listen to it after Thursday in a year's time, happy 4th of July. Correct. <laughs> so this is a very, 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 very limited sale. Yeah. It's our 4th of July sale, so you can get a 4th day free. Essentially, you can buy a 4-day park hopper ticket for the gate price of a 3-day park hopper ticket, yep. which is really exciting. That's an extra day free. Yeah, it is. It's like a $25 savings per ticket. Whoa. Which is really exciting. So you have to book that by Friday, July 5th. So I hope you listen to this before then. If you don't, I'm really sorry. The ticket sale has ended, but we still have discounted tickets always. Always. We've always got our fifth day free. All year long. Exactly. You're fifth day free. And this is for travel for all of 2019. So no matter when you're going in 2019, you can get this exclusive fourth day free ticket offer. Just be sure to book by this Friday, July 5th, 2019. That's awesome. This is on our Park Harbor tickets, which we highly, highly, highly recommend. Love it. Wow. What a fun time. So we will begin our Epcot episode. And I want to preface right off the bat that this episode is going to be two parts. Yo. That's... I was doing the notes for Epcot. Shout out was... to our producer, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, we should do this one. It'll be easy. Lies. 20 hours into it. <laughs> I, I realized that there is so much to do in Epcot that I just hadn't previously realized or I don't know. 
but it will be broken up into two episodes. So this episode is going to lay the base for Epcot. We're going to talk about all of the attractions that are here, our favorite restaurants to eat at, some of the festivals and celebrations that they have, just a, you know, a nice base foundation layer. Next episode, we will be going in depth into the World Showcase, which we will briefly, briefly, briefly talk about. I don't know what my deal is with repeating words today. You just really want to reiterate. I'm going to cut a lot of this out. <laughs> nope. I just want to preface that from the beginning. Epcot will be a two-part episode, so stay tuned if you want to learn more about super in-depth World Showcase stuff. Look, congrats to Epcot getting two episodes. I never yeah. would have thought. Who knew? Here we are. Here we are. Congrats, Epcot. We're proud of you. So I think we should start by what the heck is Epcot? A great question. So Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. How gorgeous is that? Wow. Wow. What's grouping of words? I love it. So Epcot is really kind of split into two different themed areas, which is the future world and then the world showcase that Aaron mentioned. Very briefly, what those two things are, the world showcase is separated into a bunch of different countries. So each little section is a country that has either an attraction or food options, shops, or sometimes shows, three. or everything. Yo, it's wild. This is also where my favorite, and I hope we'll talk about this later, Perry the Platypus thing is coming in. Girl, get ready to hear me cry. Future World is more of the bigger attractions. I don't know. It's really hard. It's two separate feeling, both in location and areas. And going off of that, Epcot is kind of set up or was created in a way to celebrate Earth and its diversity and the different cultures and different countries we have, also our environment and the land that we live on, but it also is futuristic. It's thinking ahead, innovative, creativity, imagination, space exploration. So we've got all, literally, yeah. all the grounds covered at Epcot, <laughs> but it's just a beautiful combination of both of those things, what we have now, what we can look forward to. Oh, shoot, dang, well said. Yeah. From the plants to literally outer space, Epcot has it all. So this is not set up like your typical theme park would be. It doesn't have a lot of attractions kind of back to back to back. There are some, of course, and very, very fun things you must do. But mostly the reason people go to Epcot is for the food and the festivals, because this is where Epcot shines like that giant beacon ball thing that is in the middle of Epcot. I'm sure there's a name, but of course. <laughs> Shocker. I didn't look it up. Not a heck of a clue. I looked up literally everything else but that sphere. <laughs> What's the iconic Epcot ball? I, I literally could not tell you. I'm oh, very sorry. I do sorry. think it is called something like the Epcot ball. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's all right. Cool. That's all right. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll touch on that in the next episode. Yeah, that's that's not a first date question. That's a second date. What is this called? Yeah. Which is part two. We've planned that all along. Speaking of the attractions that Epcot does have, and what's hilarious now that I'm looking at it, it's like <laughs> there's not a ton of attractions and there's literally like 10 <laughs> right in front of me, which is a lot. It's a I lot. Mean, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. So we're going to talk about the Fast Pass Plus tiers for Epcot. And while we're doing this, we're going to go in depth about each of the attractions. If you don't know what we're talking about with Fast Pass tiers, please go back to our original episode where we go in depth about how to plan Fast Passes for Walt Disney World because it's vastly different than Disneyland. Yes. 
But as a base, you can pick three fast passes in total for the day. But once you have completed all three of those fast passes, you can continue creating them as the day goes on. We talk way more in depth about it, so I'm sorry. (laughs) So just go back, listen to that Walt Disney World intro episode. I will preface it slightly more. The attractions are broken down into tiers, and you can only get certain ones from each tier out of your three. That's all I'm saying. Love it. You know, just enough to hook them in, but leaving that air of mystery. I like it. So for our tier one attractions, you can pick one from this selection on your first go round of three when you pre-plan your fast passes 60 days in advance if you're staying on property and then 30 days if you aren't. First up, we have a recently reimagined attraction in the Norway Pavilion, which is Frozen Ever After. Now, this used to be the Maelstrom. I think it's Maelstrom. Just sounds like we don't know how to say Meryl Street. Which was an iconic favorite attraction. So when people heard this was going down, especially our mom, it was pretty sad. However, Frozen Ever After is an absolute treat. They've done a fantastic job with this ride. So kind of what you do, and we would highly, highly, highly recommend getting a fast pass for this attraction. This is one of the longest lines in Epcot. If you want to go on this, just pick it as your number one. Agreed. Just do it. Just do it. So what this is, is you get in a little log flume type boat. It's not a water ride. I mean, technically you are on water. (laughs) It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. I was like, why can't I think of very similar to that? So you hop on and you kind of go through this really lovely story of Frozen. And you get to hear some of the iconic songs and probably, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the let it go part is really cool. (laughs) That's awesome. I literally was blown away. It's genuinely one of the like wildest things. I really, really, I didn't expect it. Nope. And my face was probably like, (laughs) do they take pictures on this? I don't think so. It's a mixture of Pirates of the Caribbean and the Little Mermaid ride in Disney California Adventure. I think that's a great way to put it. And it's like cars in the way that they've done the animations on the faces. Mm. So imagine cars. So they're just projections. Projections on the faces. But they look fantastic. It is absolutely a, a kid ride, but there are some hidden thrills in there that are pretty fun. So I highly, highly recommend this one for anyone that enjoys Frozen. You are going to love, 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 love this attraction. But if you don't like Frozen, you're still going to enjoy it because it's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I can keep going on and on. That. <laughs> Next on our list is Test Track. We teased this at some point. Uh, yeah. I don't remember in our lives. Because we were talking about that sweet, sweet Chevrolet. Yes. Sponsored it is, by. <laughs> it's sponsored by Chevrolet. Shout out. Test Track, speaking of cars, is very similar to the Radiator Springs Racers attraction in Disney California Adventure Park. And I think Test Track was opened first. And Cars was based off of this, Mm -hmm. I think. So at Test Track, this is a really fun ride. Once again, really popular. If Frozen isn't your thing, I would probably say that this should for sure be your second tier one. Yeah, yeah. If you can't get Frozen or you aren't into Frozen, Test Track is a great first option. At Test Track, sponsored by Chevrolet, <laughs> you can create your own Chevy car. Yeah, it's so cool. Or truck or mm-hmm. SUV, whatever. And you can design it. And when I'm saying you can design it, you can literally design any car you want. It's not based off of, I mean, some of them are based off of actual Chevrolet models, but you can manipulate it to make it look (laughs) like the weirdest, craziest car you've ever seen. You can put stickers on it. You can make it any color you want. And there's different features 
And this is while you're in line for test track. You will get to a certain point where you build your vehicle that Aaron is talking about. And this is a lot of where the cool magic band technology Mm -hmm. comes into play. They know that it's your car because it's associated with your magic band. Since you do sit two to a C on test track, you will most likely be creating your car with another Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, three to a C. Oh, so it's three to a seat, so you will be creating your car with two other people, so keep that in mind. Make sure your teamwork mm-hmm. makes the dream work. Absolutely. Create that car. And if you're in the single rider line, I'm so sorry, you will not create a car. Good to know. As a little preface before you make your car as to what this ride even is. <laughs> it's basically like how they test <laughs> yeah. vehicles in certain conditions and things like that. So when you're creating your car, you can make it more weatherproof. You can make it faster or have more control. Yeah, better handling. Better handling. Thank you. You Think (laughs) of all the racing video games. That's exactly what I was imagining. (laughs) I was imagining driver. (laughs) And I was like, high handling. So when you're creating your car, you can decide what your car will excel at, maybe what features you don't want it to have. Mm -hmm. Anyway, keep that in mind while you're creating the car because once you get on the attraction... It will actually test your car, in quotation marks, against the elements. So I know that it will do like a speed test mm-hmm. and a brake test. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little <laughs> jarring. A little jarring. Um, it's not scary. No. They'll simulate like you're going through a snowstorm mm-hmm. in the winter to see how your traction is. What else do they do? There's rain, wind... Like, truly all the elements. And it will also determine if it's eco-friendly or not. And as you're going through each of these tests... Test? (laughs) I cannot say anything. (laughs) It will give you a grade. It will compare your car to the other cars in your vehicle. Which is awesome. And I think they sit six to a vehicle. So you're only going against one other car. Mm -hmm. It's really fun and cool. And then after you do all the tests, they do the speed tests. (laughs) Which I don't remember this attraction going that fast. It, honestly, I know you don't go this fast. It feels like you're going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like Radiator Springs when you race. You're just cruising on the track, mm-hmm. but you're just going as fast as you can. Yeah. I don't think you're racing anybody. Someone is next to you, but I don't consider it a race. It's really fun. Just a combination of innovation and thrills. Shoot. That should be their tagline. Sponsored by Chevrolet. This attraction, I think, really highlights something I love about Walt Disney World, which is the interactivity in both the queue and the ride itself, where you are actually building your car and getting to do something. It affects the attraction and how you do. And then afterwards, you can create like a music video for your car. And there's all these things that you can do with your car because your car's loaded on your magic band. It's a blast. Absolutely. Must do. Next up, we all know, we all love, and I can't say we all, you may know, Soren. That good, good Soren. So, as we know, in Disneyland right now, for a limited time, it is back to Soren over California. But in Walt Disney World, we have the Soren Around the World still going on. So this is a really fun attraction where you get in your little seat. And it's these giant rows of three, and you lift up, and then all of a sudden you're in front of this giant screen. It's massive. (laughs) And then you literally just fly over the world. So you go to a bunch of different places around the globe. So you got, like, the Taj Mahal. You've got the Sahara Desert. Yeah, polar ice caps. Uh, Yeah, the ice caps. Truly, you go all over. It's incredible. You get to see the sights. Not only the sights, but the smells and the sounds of these areas. It's really, really fun. Something that you gotta do. 
This is another one where in line for this attraction is a game that you play. It's sort of like a trivia type thing. I know it changes a lot, but another really fun thing if you're waiting in line for this. It is in tier one, but a lot of times the wait time is not super long for this. So I would just maybe not pick it if there's something else you want to do and then just keep an eye on a wait time or get it as a later fast pass once you've used your three. It's in a really cool area that has a bunch of different things that you can do. Next up, we have not an attraction. Shoot, dang, what a twist. But Epcot character greetings. So at Epcot, something that's really fun is they have a lot of Disney characters that coincide with the countries that they originated from, if that makes sense. So you can meet Mulan in the China Pavilion. You can meet Belle in the France Pavilion. Anna and Elsa at Norway. All sorts of characters are there. Uh, Mary Poppins in the England area. You can get a fast pass for an Epcot character greeting if you'd like. The only one that I think probably deserves one is the Anna and Elsa meet and greet. Once again, I would probably rather do an attraction, but if you have children and that's really important to them and you don't want to wait in line, then by all means, get that tier one Epcot character greeting fast pass. Absolutely. And I also think they have an area in the future world that's like a meet and greet area where I think there's like a huge hodgepodge of characters. It's Wreck-It Ralph and Penelope and other characters. Cute. I know Baymax has been there before. Super cool things. Awesome. And last up is another not attraction, but is something that's really beautiful and will be going away soon is Illuminations Reflections of Earth. And this is a nighttime show that is projected on the giant lake that is around or in the middle of the World Showcase. Just kind of goes through how beautiful the Earth is and getting along. It's just a really nice show about the Earth and how we're all different, but the same. It's really sweet. It has World of Color elements to it, as well as some fireworks show. Now, this is closing the summer of 2019, so just to be aware. But afterwards, a brand new fireworks spectacular will replace it. We'll keep you updated as we learn more about this brand new show. So with this brand new fireworks show, we aren't super sure where it's going to fall in the fast pass tier or if it will have a fast pass at all. So again, that's something we'll keep you updated with. But that wraps up our tier one attraction slash meet and greet slash shows. So a pretty fun selection. Once again, you can only pick one. Mm-hmm. But in tier two, which we will now talk about, you can pick two. Sure thing. Adding those up makes three. <laughs> Math. Math, <laughs> you guys. First up is Mission Space. Yo. <laughs> I will try to not be as biased yeah. as possible. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Because we... We do... We are very scared of this attraction. No surprise. Shocker. And it's only because we are both pretty claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And to me, this ride was claustrophobic. Yeah. I didn't necessarily realize exactly how small it was Aaron will get more into it but just know that this ride can be spooky for some (laughs) (laughs) correct so I'll preface what this ride is so mission space is actually really cool oh yeah idea it's basically a simulation of what it would be like if you went to space in a spacecraft as an astronaut I will preface that at mission space you can choose two different options so there is one that maybe we should have gone on that is less intense and there's one that is like the highest intensity level. You can choose what one you want to go Mm -hmm. on. So if you are claustrophobic or a little scared, 
of what this might be, for sure go on the lower intensity one. Which I'm pretty sure is green. It is green. And orange is the higher intensity. So if you are seeing, all of a sudden you're holding something orange, turn around. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. On Mission Space, what will happen is you get into this little module with three other people. So I think there's four to a module mm-hmm. and you'll get buckled in but then the front of the module will close down in front of you and to me and Jordan this was where we got really claustrophobic it is a lot closer than I anticipated I'm probably over exaggerating but if you deal with that at all I would just suggest not to go on this mm-hmm. ride but if you're not even concerned about tight spaces or small spaces people love it this is people's favorite attraction yeah at Epcot our dad enjoyed it And it's really fun. So this is kind of what Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run was based on Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Each person has a role in your spaceship. So somebody's going to pilot the spaceship. Somebody's going to be the engineer. And I can't remember for the life of me what the other people do. But you will blast off into space and it simulates. I feel like it has some Gs. I can't. It it totally does. Tell you how many. (laughs) I'm not scientific at all. In the moment. (laughs) It'll feel like you're blasting off into space as much as it can without, you know, being crazy intense. And then you're in space and you have to press the buttons on the little screens in front of you. Yeah, that are right in front of you. (laughs) Once again, we cannot emphasize this enough. They are very close to your body. (laughs) And you have to push the buttons and complete these tasks that they ask you to do in order for your mission to go successfully. Yeah, There's probably a better description for it out there, but this is probably about like a three to four minute experience. Um, (laughs) Felt a lot longer. (laughs) It did. It was a little scary. I just tried to breathe and it was like, if you push the buttons and complete the mission, then we can go back to Earth. Erin and I were very focused on our roles. And of course, if on any attraction you do get nervous or start panicking just tell a cast member Mm -hmm. or try to signal it in some way i am making this sound like the scariest ride on planet earth which is ironic because you go to space (laughs) because you aren't on earth it's really not honestly i could probably go on it again and be okay it's just something that made me feel really uncomfortable when i first wrote it and that's probably because i didn't know what it was it was other people have been totally fine on it that i know of i have friends and obviously our family members that really like it try it for yourself go for it yeah worth trying go to space next up also speaking of space is spaceship earth now this is located in that giant dome that may or may not have a name and it is really fun so you get in a little car when you get in your little vehicle it asks you what language you would like to listen to this attraction in which is very inclusive love it Most importantly, if you are an English speaker, this ride is narrated by Dame Judi Dench. Y'all heard me right. Sweet, sweet Judi Dench talks you through this attraction, and it is incredible. Absolutely worth riding it just to hear Judi Dench (laughs) talk about the history of Earth. It's awesome. It's really cool. So what this attraction does is it kind of starts you off at the very beginning. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. I cannot emphasize this enough. This is the slowest you will ever move (laughs) in your entire life. Like, try walking slow around your house. It is 10 times slower than that, which is nice. You want to break? You want to sit down for a minute? I mean, you're probably in there for four hours (laughs) because of how slow it moves. It is so slow moving, which is fine, but you're entertained the whole time. It is. It's very entertaining, but such a great point. You physically cannot move this slow if you try. (laughs) 
It's very fun and uh, pretty cool in there. And Orlando can get humid. So this is a great, great way to spend some time. So it starts you off at the beginning of human history that we know of and kind of takes you through how we have evolved and how technology has shaped the human race and where we're going. And along the way, again, this interactivity of Walt Disney World is incredible. At one point, you get to build your own futuristic story. So you get to choose kind of what you would choose in situations like, would you rather go on vacation at the beach or would you rather go to the moon? I don't think those are options, but you really get to pick and choose kind of where you see. And then it builds a story for your hypothetical future spaceship Earth world, which I am basing my future off of. So that is my life. I hope so, because I, I had a great... <laughs> it's like, you're rich and you get a vacation all the time. Yes, Perfect. Please. So it's really fun. You get to save it afterwards. And yeah, it's just a cute, fun attraction. To kind of go more in depth about this attraction, the progression of human evolution, they're not animatronics, but they're statues. Yeah, it's... So you're not watching a movie. I want to clarify that. That's like, but you're moving through time, passing by these animatronic slash statue figures. Yeah, yeah. And I don't it isn't they move. No, it's an older attraction, so it's dated. <laughs> but that's part of its charm. I enjoy it for that. I yeah. think it's really I fun. love this ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go on it every time. We've never not gone on this attraction. Shout out to our girl Judy. Slays the scene. It's really fun, something to do and stay cool and sit for six hours. Next up is The Seas with Nemo and Friends. We kind of talked about this, I think, last episode. Yeah, I think we did. So it's essentially the Nemo submarine voyage at Disneyland, but you are not in a submarine here. Hallelujah. You get in, I don't actually know, but it's set up exactly like, once again, Little Mermaid. Who knew? Undersea Adventure, a Disney (laughs) California adventure. It's one of those rides where you're just like hopping on. So quickly. There's hardly ever a line for Mm -hmm. this because they have so many little carts moving (laughs) at a time. But it's essentially the same exact storyline. You're just not underwater seeing it. You're just moving through a dark area that has these projections and water sequences. Mm My dream scenario to not go underwater. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. It's super easy. So if you're a fan of the submarine voyage at Disneyland, you will love the seas with Nemo and friends at Epcot. Next up, we've got living with the land. Now, this is something I've always wanted to do, but have not yet done. We've never done it. There is never a line for it. (laughs) It is, once again, another pretty dated attraction. Mm -hmm, Not mm -hmm. super thrilling at all. No. But the one time we wanted to go on it, it was closed. Literally, our luck had broken down or something. Which I didn't realize was possible, but this ride can, you know, anything is possible at Walt Disney World. So you hop on a little boat and you kind of go through this, I think it's sponsored by Am I making that up? It could be. I don't want to give free promotion. (laughs) (laughs) If they don't deserve it. I'll bleep it it out if it's not. (laughs) Perfect. So if you guys hear a bleep, you know that this company does not sponsor this ride. (laughs) But if you don't hear a bleep, congrats (laughs) So you kind of go through, it's more of an educational ride, I would say, that it kind of takes you through how we as human beings (laughs) live off of the land. So how things grow and why things grow. And they actually grow food within this ride, which you then eat at one of our favorite restaurants that we'll talk about later. Ugh, what a tease. Yeah, it's a really cool thought that you can, because you can kind of see down into this attraction. It's like, yeah, I will eat that. 
that's for me. At right least there. I think that's what they say. That's what, I mean, that's true. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. That's I what haven't they tell seen you. a cast member bungee jump down there, grab some parsley, <laughs> crawl back up, and sprinkle it on my turkey. I don't know what parsley goes on. <laughs> Typically, pasta. Pasta. A it sweet, could go. Sweet pasta. I have, that's all I've ever used it for. Wow, look at you using parsley. So it's really a cool educational look at something that is actually sustaining our lives and something that Walt Disney World uses. So it's pretty fun, I would assume. I hope so. I want to go on it. I will go on this someday. Next up is the Pixar Pals Film Festival. I personally have never seen this. I know they had something similar for Pixar Fest at Disney California Adventure Park last year. If this is what I think it is, then it is just a collection of the Pixar shorts in the cinema. (laughs) (laughs) I think they split it up. I don't know if this one is back to back to back. But at Disneyland, I know they split it up. This short is during this time frame. This short is another time frame. I'm, once again, very sorry. (laughs) I did not research this beforehand, but this is just a really cool thing to do. If you're a fan of Pixar shorts and you just want a little break, it's in a theater. So you can sit down. It's a little cooler in there. Perfect for hot summer days. Pixar shorts are incredible. So what a fun way to experience them. Speaking of Pixar, next up we've got Turtle Talk with Crush. Cowabunga. So this is... I don't know why I did that. (laughs) This is exactly as it is in Disneyland. You get to go sit in a room with a whole bunch of other people. Kids get to sit on the ground. And all of a sudden, our pal Crush from Finding Nemo, the turtle, if you don't know, the dad turtle, shows up and actually talks with the audience, which is really cool. They pass around a microphone. You get to ask Crush questions, and he answers them which is pretty wild. How does this work? Mr. Crusher, what is the meaning of life? (laughs) This is profound answer. He actually probably would. I would love for him to answer some questions. I've got a lot of things that I need answers to. I just need (laughs) to talk about it. He's a personal therapist crush. (laughs) It's really fun, really, really, really cute for kids. Our last attraction on the list, I will let Jordan go into. She feels very passionately about this attraction. Last time we visited... So in December, that was the first time we went on this attraction, and it's called Journey into Imagination with Figment. So I have always loved Figment. Just think they are fun, wild, crazy little mini dinosaur thing that can fly. I think it's a dragon. Dragon. That is what a flying dinosaur is. Yeah. I mean, it's a good description. A dragon. He's just a cute little dragon that I have just always loved. So we finally go on this attraction, and whoa. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I don't know if I can adequately express and describe what this is, but you basically go into this science lab where they, you know, do experiments and tests about imagination and what's possible. Yeah, they're trying to, like, capture imagination or things. That's where Figment comes in, because he's a figment of our imagination. Wild, I know. And he just gets into a whole bunch of hijinks. He needs to calm down. Figment, if you're listening, please simmer, my boy. (laughs) It is wild. I literally was closing my eyes, gripping onto my husband during this ride, almost screaming. I'm not it was scary. It was genuine. And I know we say this all the time because we're scared of everything, but this was genuinely scary. There was a moment that I don't usually gasp or get super physically scared, but I was sitting next to my mom and I almost cried. <laughs> it was 
pretty spooky. So just a heads up, it's actually not. It's a kid's attraction. It's pretty fun, but we were very scared. <laughs> An iconic attraction, something to check out. Figments all over the place at Epcot. Tons so, of merchandise. So, so go see where he originates. And that wraps up our attractions at Epcot. Really quickly, that actually does not. I know we missed a couple. I lied to But you. we will talk about them in the next episode when we go in depth into each of the world pavilions. Got it, got it. These were Fast Pass attractions. Okay, now that we've wrapped up all of the Fast Pass attractions, there is also some really cool, fun ways to get to Epcot and things to do at Epcot. So the monorail is connected to the Magic Kingdom, which is a super easy, fun way to get back and forth between the two. It's only about a 10 minute journey. So really easy, really nice. It only stops at the transportation and ticket center. So this is a straight shot there, which is awesome. And there is also an express monorail. That monorail just goes to and from Magic Kingdom and Epcot without any stops. Going along the lines of attractions, Epcot is growing exponentially and it is quite exciting. So we just want to go over a couple things, a couple attractions that are coming to Epcot soon to get jazzed about. First up, probably one of the biggest because I'm not super sure how they got around this, but there is a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction coming to Epcot. And this is going to be Epcot's first roller coaster, which is such a fantastic thing to have there. It's more of a storytelling roller coaster. I've seen a bunch of rumors and ideas on how this is going to work. And if any of it is true, it sounds wild. It's going to be very, very cool. It is an indoor coaster, if I am correct. On this attraction, each individual cab will be programmed to direct your eye at the story happening around you. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. What they're going to have is like these domes. So the cart will move you in the direction of these domes. And so you'll be seeing this story play out. It's really hard to explain. I'm using my arms a lot, but you can't see them. So this fully immersive attraction is set to open in 2021. So get excited. They are moving along quite nicely and it's gonna be truly unlike anything we've ever seen before. Before, plus a roller coaster is fantastic. Another new thing that's coming to Epcot is this Innovation Pavilion. I'm not sure if that's going to be the final name, but that's just what they're calling it right now. This could be a whole mod podge of things. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but the way that they describe this area is it's going to be built on the power play. It introduces an immersive and interactive city where you can explore, create, and interact with some of your favorite characters. The concept art looks awesome, and it looks exactly like if you saw Wreck-It Ralph 2 Loved. when they go to the internet mm. portion. It kind of looks like that. It's a very pop futuristic style. Oh, okay. And in the concept art, there was a whole building dedicated to Marie from Aristocats. So <laughs> <laughs> who knows what this place is going to be yeah. set to open? It said October 1st, 2021, but I... Wow, I had a date. I'm not sure, yeah. but I know that's when Epcot's 50th anniversary is. Yeah, the reason so many cool new things are coming to Epcot is, like Aaron said, their big anniversary is coming up and they just want to celebrate with just everything, all the cool things. Yeah, it said it would be open by the 50th anniversary. So very exciting stuff. And there's one more. Last up, we have Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is a 4D experience. This is something that is currently in Disneyland Paris. We aren't super sure if it's going to be the exact same or a little different. It is a trackless attraction and is pretty interesting. You're in like a little cheese thing and you go around like if as if you're the size of a rat and what you're seeing 
seeing is, you know, people's feet and your, so you get just a bunch of hijinks in a restaurant as our good pal Remy does. And this is also, shocker, set to open in 2021. This will be in the France France? Pavilion. (laughs) I don't know why that was so hard to remember. It should be awesome. If any of you have been to Disneyland Paris, this is one of the highlight attractions they have there. So it's really exciting to have it here in the States. We are very excited about all the things happening to Epcot because it's one of our favorite parks. And one thing that Jordan absolutely loves about this park that we've talked about before slightly, which she will now dive into. Get your shoes and socks on so we can knock them off for the greatest thing that has ever happened to anyone ever. And that is Agent P's World Showcase. I can't talk enough about this. This is my favorite thing. I will tell people of all ages about this. Anyone that wants to hear about it, I will talk to you about this. So Agent P's World Showcase is something that's made for kids, but truthfully, I usually see adults doing this. Just putting it out there. This is something that you can now just do straight on your phone. You just go to any of the Agent P Showcase pavilions. They get you set up with what you need to know on the app. Actually, is it on the Play Disney Parks app? That's a great question. Something I did not research. I am almost positive when we were there last time we got to do this on the Play Disney Parks app, which I use often. Big fan. So you didn't even have to go and interact with any human beings. Two thumbs way up. If you do still have to, it's really easy. If you don't want to use your phone, they have phones available to you at the pavilions. What it is, is at a large majority of the pavilions in the World Showcase, which we'll get into next episode, you can go on a spy adventure and you get to follow a story. Each pavilion has its own unique story where you are an agent and you are trying to help Agent P solve some sort of mystery. Agent P is Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb. Sorry, I got a little excited. It's a cartoon on Disney Channel if you do not know it. It's old now, they don't do it anymore. It was great, big fan. So you choose what pavilion you want to go to, you go to that pavilion, and then you go through a story. And within this story, each step of it, you either have to answer questions about something you're seeing, you have to stop someone from doing something, and this is all very interactive. So say we're in the Mexico Pavilion. You have to go into a store and there's a guitar that you have to find and then you actually make it play and light up and do a bunch of things. And it's always so funny because there's other people in the store and they're like, what is going on? And you're just like, I am doing that thing. So it's really, really cool. There's parts in like the Japan Pavilion where Perry the Platypus, an actual animatronic Perry the Platypus sails out on a boat in this river. It is wild how cool and interactive it is. The stories are always very funny, but it's just really cool to solve these spy mysteries. They aren't hard, so anyone can do this, but it's just really fun to get to manipulate these pavilions with Perry the Platypus. Love it. Thank you for that stellar review. So if anybody is going to Epcot and you're going to walk through the World Showcases, you might as well play Agent P, Agent P's World Showcase. Speaking of the World Showcase, we will get into that in the next episode because there's way too much to talk about. Who knew? And we want to split it up, but we will list off the countries that you can visit. So I will do that thing now. Get ready. There is a Mexico pavilion. I'm just going to list out the countries <laughs> instead of saying pavilion at the end of each of them. So you can visit Mexico, 
Norway, China, Germany, Italy, <laughs> United States, Japan, Morocco, France, United Kingdom, and Canada. How many was that? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't number them. <laughs> but there is that amount of world showcases at Epcot. And those are the countries you can visit. Each country has a plethora of shops, dining, entertainment, fun to be had by all. If you are interested in knowing more about what the world showcases, be sure to tune in to our next episode. But we're going to move on from those pavilions. We'll get back to you. Don't you worry. <laughs> so one thing that's super cool about Epcot is they host so many seasonal celebrations and live entertainment. This is probably one of the biggest selling points of Epcot for so many people. It is a reason to travel to Walt Disney World. So we're just going to quickly go through a couple different things that they have and things you, you can experience and stuff that you do not want to miss. It is an absolute blast. So they have the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. This is something you can experience in early spring. They have art pieces, entertainment, like Broadway caliber entertainment, which is incredible, culinary creations, and so much more. It's just a really cool way to celebrate art in all forms. So they do a great job. And with this one, they do something really cool where they have it, of course, because Walt Disney World, they have an interactive element. So I know that guests get to participate in an art piece that they then save and, you know, show off to the world. So I know last year they had some sort of where you wrote something on something. <laughs> anyway, and it became something cool. <laughs> something happened. Very artsy. You're welcome. It was art. Uh, something that we've been to is the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. This is in the springtime. They do incredible topiaries and the flowers are in full bloom so they put together in every area of Epcot including all the different pavilions they have different characters but they're plants they're made of flowers they're made of flowers everything is flowers and it's incredible so you'll see they have like bell and the beast that are like all flowers and these are tall large awesome it's just incredible talented people that put this together and it's all flowers. You might want to double check the dates every year for all of these. This could run through the summer too. I'm not entirely sure, but just double check the dates the year that you're going for exact time frames as to when these festivals mm -hmm. will be. And every year I feel because all of these are so popular, they extend the dates of these all the time. So I'm sure soon we will have a majority of things will be, you know, there will hardly be times where there isn't something going on at Epcot. We also, something that is very, very popular, probably the most popular is the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. It is exactly what it sounds like. So there are a bunch of kiosks set up around the, the park and the World Showcase more specifically that have some incredible food and wine pairings that you can only experience during this time and they are exclusive to that year as well. Sometimes they'll bring back some favorites, but every year is a new menu and new pairings and they just do a fantastic job on top of this they have a ton of additional culinary presentation yes thank you thank you that you can experience this is something that people love and they do a fantastic job and a lot of times it is very local fare that they are finding and experiencing so a great way to support local places next up they do the epcot international festival of the holidays this is something that we were able to experience last year mm -hmm. and if anybody has ever 
been to the Festival of Holidays at Disney California Adventure Park, this is very similar. So like the Food and Wine Festival, they will have several kiosks located around all of the pavilions and the park where you can try new menu items based off of the holiday season. I'll have a holiday charm to them and a twist. (laughs) So it's really enjoyable. Plus they have really awesome entertainment during this time of year as well. I know for the celebration, they had things dedicated to Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all of the holidays that are celebrated in the month of December. So it's really just a inclusive celebration of holidays, which makes sense because Epcot Epcot is a representation of the world. So they, you know, try to include the world (laughs) in things. But during this time of year as well, this is where you can experience the candlelight processional. This is something that a lot of people really love to do. So if you're interested in that, it is an extra cost. But this is at an outdoor amphitheater just right across from the United States Pavilion. If you're interested in that, feel free to look it up. Shout out to our boy Gary Sinise. Yeah, they have a lot of celebrity narrators come and they basically just tell the story of Christmas. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Another really cool thing that they do at Epcot is because of the World Showcase, they put on special celebration for various holidays that each country has. So for example, on January 26th, The China Pavilion has special entertainment and things going on for the Chinese New Year. Same for May 5th, which is two holidays in two different countries. Get hype. Which is exciting. So it's Children's Day at Japan. So they do that at the Japan Pavilion. And then it's also Cinco de Mayo. So Mexico has their own celebration. You can go on May 17th, which is Norway Constitution Day. July 1st is Canada Day. October 3rd is German Reunification Day. November 5th is United Kingdom's Guy Fawkes Day. And November 18th is Morocco Independence Day. So you happen to be at Epcot over any of these dates, there will be special celebrations in those countries. Love it. Also something that is not a Disney-sponsored event, but lots of people love doing this, especially on adults-only trips, is drinking around the world. So a great tip is to just eat a really large breakfast and then snack your way throughout the World Showcase. So at each pavilion, they have tons of different beers and wines and alcoholic beverages that are unique to that specific country. So you get a huge slew of really cool drinks that you really can't find anywhere else. So it's a really fun thing to do if that's something that you want to. Exactly. And this is something that you would need to go on your own to do when you're like, oh, I'm here to drink around the world. They have no idea what you're talking about. So you need to pick out what drink you want on their specific menu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just whatever sounds good to you at each pavilion. Yeah. Yeah. But people also do this. They do like snack around the world or just whatever you want it to be. But it's kind of fun to make your own thing of it. Yeah, because... Where else can you, you know, steps away, eat at Mexico, have a churro in Mexico, and then a few minutes the next direction, you're eating bratwurst in Germany. Speaking of food, we always want to highlight each of these parks with our favorite places to eat. Of course, this is not even remotely close to all the places you can eat, and we'll get way more in depth about literally every (laughs) restaurant you can eat at in Epcot, so buckle up. (laughs) But these are just some of our favorites. Keep in mind that we keep it pretty simple. Yep. But Epcot for sure is a place for foodies or anybody who's wanting to try exotic or interesting foods that they wouldn't be able to try anywhere else. 
The first one we really like is the crepes de chefs de France. (laughs) I'm very sorry. Yeah, we're going to need to apologize now, and especially during the World Showcase thing. Erin and I are not great at pronouncing things, so apologies in advance. This little quick service stop, it's in the name, (laughs) but they have crepes there, which is a really fun little snack or dessert or whatever you want it to be. I think they serve both sweet and savory crepes, Mm. but keep a lookout for this place when you're walking by or through the France Pavilion. It's really a neat stop. We're big crepe fans here. Something we had mentioned earlier is the Garden Grill Restaurant. So this is where we think that living off the land attraction gets a lot of their little extra foods. Well, it's right on top of the living yeah. on the land. Yeah. So yeah, they are right next to each other. This is potentially, always potentially, sometimes <laughs> a character dining experience. The Garden Grill is a family style meal. So they bring you out food and everyone shares, which is a really cool way to do it. So if you don't like something, someone else can eat that and you've got more of something for you over here. It was fantastic food. Something that's really unique about this restaurant is it spins ever so slowly. So you don't... But it's still faster yeah. than yeah. Spaceship Earth. <laughs> this would put Spaceship Earth to shame. Yeah, it's like you're flying yeah. compared to Spaceship it's Earth. It's a tortoise in the hair situation. So you get to spin around and just see all different parts of the restaurant. So you get to see different things of living of the land. You can get up and look down and it's a spinning restaurant, which is wild. And the characters that you can meet here, if it is a character dining when you go, Chippendale, Pluto, Donald Duck there, I think. Just kind of more nature-y <laughs> characters. <laughs> I, I don't know. We really enjoyed it. Right next to Soren, right next to Living Off the Land. It's got its own little, like, building that all of these things are housed in. Fantastic food. Next up is the La Quina de San Angel. I don't know. I'm really sorry, but... I love this place. This is a quick service restaurant in the Mexico Pavilion. They have incredible, authentic Mexican cuisine. So you can get tacos, enchiladas with rice and beans. They have these amazing popsicles, <laughs> yeah. which I can't I can't remember the name now. But Aaron gets them every time. They're every so time. good. And all of this stuff, I don't know if we've prefaced this besides the Garden Grill restaurant. This is like authentic yes, food. Yes. This isn't like Taco Bell or <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah. This is stuff that originates from these countries. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a typical... It's thing. not like Americanized, which I feel like we do. Like it's not Tex-Mex or anything. It is actual authentic Mexican or all the pavilion cuisines. All of the cast members in each pavilion are actually from that country. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Well, I just thought it was... No, actually, that's like, something really good to so, Because this is their food. Like, this is the cuisine that they cook at home. Anyway, so just know that all of the food is really delicious and authentic. I mean, as authentic as it can get without being... Of course. I mean, you're authentic. still... Authentic. Yeah. You're in a theme park. Don't <laughs> yeah. forget that. Which yeah. is incredible that you um, can find all these things. Exactly. Next up, we have Tapan Ido. I'm, again, so sorry. But this is a teppanyaki-style restaurant. So this is a sit-down, because you obviously have to sit in front of the, the teppanyaki. This is in the Japan Pavilion. Aaron and I are big teppanyaki fans, so we had to go to here. And it was incredible and delicious. They did a great job. Shout out to Tokyo Station, our local teppanyaki <laughs> yeah. place. We are literally obsessed with 
that restaurant. Obsessed. So, anyway. And this place was just as good. It's oh, so it was good. fantastic. And again, just, we can't shout enough the authenticity of it. It was fantastic. So, imagine what you get at a teppanyaki restaurant. You put your order in. There's noodles, rice, soups, and then, of course, kind of the main meals. They also had sushi here. Really, anything that you could want at a teppanyaki place, they had it. And it was really, really good. And I just want to note that like any teppanyaki restaurant, this is going to be a little bit more on the pricey end. Not only is teppanyaki usually like a pretty deluxe experience, but then this is (laughs) a Walt Disney World theme park. So it's more than a typical teppanyaki experience, Mm -hmm. but totally worth the cost. We loved it. So, so good. Next up is the Yorkshire County. I hope I put that in right. (laughs) I hope it's not country. I'm very sorry. Aaron has this weird county country thing. Fish shop. This is located in the United Kingdom pavilion, and I don't personally like seafood. I'm very sorry, but (laughs) I have heard from several people that this place has the best fish and chips they've ever had. Wild. And it's just a little cart. It's Mm -hmm. not like a restaurant or anything like that. It's just a quick service cart that you can get fish and chips at. I'm sure they have other menu items, but I just wanted to shout it out because I've heard rave reviews about it. We have Pizza al Talgilo. This is in the Italy pavilion and it has, spoilers, pizza. So this is located in the very back of the Italy pavilion. It's just a little walk-up window that you go to. They have three different types of pizzas that you can get. And these are the giant slices of pizza that we have come to know and love. Thin crust style and absolutely delicious. Last on the list is Sommerfest. Summerfest? I don't... I'm so sorry. We are German and we don't even know. (laughs) But this is in the German Pavilion. This is where our dad always eats at Epcot. This is a quick service stop. And as you may have noticed, a lot of our favorite places to eat are quick service stops just because in Epcot we're just visiting all the pavilions and we're always on the go. So we prefer quick service stops, but it is super nice to have a reservation at one of the nicer restaurants that we will talk about in the next episode. This place serves bratwurst, sausages, sauerkraut. Don't they have like soft pretzels too? They have soft pretzels, pretzels, and then they also have a sandwich of some sort. I'll clarify this in the next episode because I wrote it down. But my dad loves it. Authentic German food. Super delicious. So if you're into anything like that, definitely go try it. Summerfest or Sommerfest out. So that kind of wraps up our first soiree into Epcot. Now, we of course have a couple quick tips for you when you're visiting, just to keep in mind. If you can, we always say, whenever you can go is the best time to go, but try and plan your vacation around one of the many festivals. It is such a fun, no extra cost thing that you get to experience that completely adds so much more to Epcot and what they have there. It's really, really fun. Another big tip for us is spend at least a full day in Epcot with so much to do. As I found out after doing 20 hours of research, (laughs) you will want to spend at least one full day here and you won't regret it, I promise. Our tip for spending the one full day here is just trying as many snacks, drinks, and food items as you can because that's truly what makes Epcot special is just kind of being immersed, just a tiny bit of this country's culture. So it's just really fun exploring and trying new things that you usually don't have the opportunity to do. Speaking of which, this is a great place to really, really think about getting a dining plan if you're kind of on the fence. If you're going to be spending a lot of time at Epcot, this is 
an awesome place to use all those dining plan credits. So especially during the festivals, at those little kiosks that we talked about for like the festival of holidays, a lot of those can be considered snacks, which is wild and awesome. So that's a great way to kind of branch out and try new foods and do different things all included in your dining plan, which is fantastic. I remember we went to like a little ice cream shop in France once and we were on the dining plan and they were like, oh yeah, this is considered a snack. And I was like, it's like fantastic ice cream. That's huge. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know why I was shocked because I thought it would be its own separate cost, but nope. So Epcot is a great, great place to have the dining plan. That is an awesome tip. Next thing is take it slow. Epcot is pretty big, in my opinion. It's you wake up in the morning. You're eager to go. You show up to the park. You're ready. You're like, I'm going to visit a lot of these countries. Yeah. About halfway through, it hits Yeah. It is large. They have how many pavilions there? Mm -hmm. Plus all the other attractions that we talked about. There's a lot to do. So just take it slow. Make sure you wear really comfortable walking shoes because that is literally what you're doing at Epcot all day Mm -hmm. is walking. Mm -hmm. Of course, we mentioned this earlier, so sorry for the spoiler, but talk to the cast members, especially in the World Showcase. They are from each of those countries. Typically, I can't guarantee that. Of course, but I I mean... that 99% of the time. Yeah. It's really cool to get their perspective on like their country and the information they have about that, but also like their experience at, you know, working there and and kind of different, the cultures that they're experiencing and stuff. It's just, it's really cool. You meet a lot of really, really cool people in that world showcase. Last but certainly not least is explore and have fun. We really like Epcot for a lot of different reasons, which is why this is a two-part episode. So be sure to tune in next week where we dive in deep, Whoa, we're diving in deep. (laughs) Into the World Showcase at Epcot. Of course, if you have any questions in the meantime, or you want to know more, you have any questions, feel free to email us anytime at packedwithfun at getawaytoday.com. Dot com. And we would love to answer those questions for you. (laughs) We're dot gov.net. And then another quick reminder about our very exclusive short ticket sale. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be listening to this the week of 4th of July, we have our fourth day free ticket sale where you can get a four-day park opera ticket for the gate price of a three-day park opera ticket. You just have to book by this Friday, July 5th, 2019, and it's good for travel for all of 2019. Get that extra free, y'all. So yeah, get ready for next week. Get hyped. And of course, there is so much more to Epcot than that we didn't even remotely cover. I mean, you'll just stumble upon. They have that Coke place with all the different Cokes from all around the world. Epcot is a truly unique and really, really fun experience that you will love. So get ready for next week. Buckle up, because we're going back to the World Showcase, and it's going to be a great time. So y'all have a wonderful week. Until then, we'll see you next Wednesday. Great. Have a safe 4th of July. If you're from America. If not, have a great Thursday. This is true. Yeah. Shout out to all the Nova Scotians. (laughs) We see you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We missed Canada Day. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Never mind. Shout out to the Nova Scotians. July 1st was your Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. So that's for you. Happy 4th of July to anybody in America. Happy anything else. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.